This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell's Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castlecook Mortgage, LLC. Brio Body Center, Christian Brothers Automotive, Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza, Diamond Heating and Cooling, Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. Zero Res Carpet Cleaning, and Dodd Roofing. Now here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today, John Strain is back in studio. Welcome back, John. Thank you very much, Skip. Always a pleasure to have you here. We're going to be going through John's new book that he's presently writing called You Gotta Listen. And uh, Jesus is speaking to and through all kinds of people. And if you ask, which was his first book, then you got to listen. you got to be prepared to listen. So, John, give us some more introduction to this. Well, you know, um, I think I was speaking with a friend of mine this morning about this. You know, if there's a God who is speaking, is there anything more important that we could do than to hear his voice? Because that's his intention. Uh, If he's speaking, then he expects to be heard. Yes. And, you know... We can laugh about, I just had an incident with Pam yesterday, um, She a couple days ago, she said, I moved the tea, I put it in a different, you know, location in this cabinet, and I heard her say that, but, so of course I'm looking for the tea last night, and banging the doors, you know, going, where's the, where's the tea? <laughs> she goes, well, I told you where I put it. <laughs> and it was kind of a, an interesting thing, because I, yeah, I sort of heard. Yeah. But not specifically. All right. And and then it created tension later because, you know, I'm frustrated. I can't find it. She's frustrated because she told me. Yeah. But I just wasn't paying attention, Skip. I was just distracted with too much. Well, men have a tendency toward uh, selective hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't bode well for us. No. Often. Um, So anyway, but I, I think this all, this book is really about... I think the confusion that exists within us about, okay, was that God who's speaking? And, you know, the subtitle of the book actually is Jesus is speaking to and through all kinds of people. Right. And and that is an appropriate subtitle because we, we don't know who he's speaking with. And, um, in fact, I think he's speaking to everybody a lot more than they know. They're, we're all distracted looking for the tea bag, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And... Um, we're not paying a close enough attention. I think you need to be watchful. We need to slow down, listen, be conversational with him throughout the day. Talk to him about a lot of things, everything. And uh, and I I tend to come out of a self reliance kind of background, so I'm not. This is you know why does he give his this assignment to me because I'd have the most work to do. And so it's kind of ironic that I write a book called You Gotta Ask and another one called You Gotta Listen because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do either of those things right. naturally. Yeah, so we're so we we're trying to figure out here, well, okay, if he is speaking, how do I know that 
that's not just me in my own head. Mm-hmm. How do I know it's not the enemy trying to trick me? Um, and yeah, how do I know it when it's God? Yeah. And and so there's a sub subtitle to this book, and it's we'd call it ten indicators, right? Ways to know you're hearing His voice, and and one of these is really obvious. This it syncs with scripture it ought to sound like himself <laughs> you know jesus sounds like himself because he's spoken right, through right. through scripture and um we say that uh, the bible is the vocabulary of the holy spirit it is god inspired god breathed but beyond that there are some other things that are not so obvious but there are things that i've kind of picked up from others and some i've discovered on my own and maybe nuanced a little bit and each one starts with S. Mm-hmm. So how's that? So yeah. there's ten S's. Yeah, ten S's yeah. to remember, yeah. and we can we can jump into those in a moment here when as we get sure. maybe exploring this a little bit. But I I'm intrigued, Skip, with the the whole another premise here is Jesus three times in John chapter ten said, "My sheep hear my voice." Mm-hmm. And then in the, the second time he said that, the first time he was just explaining the metaphor about sheep. And uh, they, they hear me and, they, and, I, you know, and I lead them. And so I think that you know, we got to realize if we're going to be led by him, we got to hear his voice. And so three times he's emphasizing this. The second time he said, and I have other sheep. And they'll hear my voice, too. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, he must be speaking of those that are not currently in the flock. And so that's where I get that subtitle, he's speaking to all kinds of people. So this whole sheep thing is interesting because we don't really, you know, most of us are not around sheep that much. We don't know a lot about them. I was son of a cattle farmer. Right. Uh, it would have been anathema for us to have a sheep sheep <laughs> you know cattle, <laughs> cattle dairy, people are a little condescending farm, yeah. towards ca- uh, sheep yeah. <laughs> shepherds and whatever but um but i did have a my great-grandfather moved to idaho from switzerland and one of his first jobs was uh he was a shepherd up in chalice idaho and i learned that kind of an anecdotal thing but so it made makes me think about when I drive through Chalice, I think about him and what was that like for him. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple of surprise experiences with sheep, and one was uh, I think I might have shared about it in Sun Valley, and and the other one was just up in the foothills of Boise. But sheep coming at me, all of a sudden I'm out hiking, and they come over rolling over the hill, and there's the big sheep dog, and he looks like. He could make me a snack, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of watching that, and then that 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 uh, seasonal thing that happens in Sun Valley that's happened for just a long time, just scores of years, where they move the sheep, and they we were there one day when they were moving them through, trying to pack our car to leave, and all of a sudden they're just I don't know how many hundreds of them just coming up the street. Mm. We had to wait for a bit. But they were led by dogs, pushed, I should say, by dogs and a sh- guy shaking a can and a whistle. So they were driven. They were driven. Yeah. And But this is about being led in the eastern format. In the west, we see driven sheep. In the east, there's a shepherd out front. Mm-hmm. And that's this is the picture Jesus gives. And so this is really for us to be led by him. And what's cool is that he, he speaks 
He, his voice can be heard, and he calls us by name. Mm-hmm. He knows our name. And we, we can follow him. Yep. yep. And that's, uh, you know, if you strip everything away from us, take away my cell phone, my laptop, my house, my mm-hmm. everything, you can't strip that. No, no. You no. can't take that away. No, no. So, you know, John, we, uh, Virginia and I, over the years, you know, we've been a part of small groups for, man, 30, 40 years. But we started calling them, we started calling it flock. Huh. Because we we are sheep, and and just like the examples you're given here now, we we as people are are sheep as well. Yeah, we tend to wander, we tend to do all kinds of things, and uh, but we need that shepherd out front. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So I guess uh, every sheep in the Eastern concept, you know, has a name, uh, and and some sometimes I don't know, a shepherd might have a different, but he could have. 100 sheep and he's got maybe a different identification you know for uh different ones and um so i think it's good for us to think about well how do we know what his voice sounds like because a shepherd could show up to a holding pen you know in mm-hmm. in, in jesus's setting and he could put out a little bark or a whistle or something, but the sheep know that. Right. They know that. And then they come and that and they're in there with other flocks maybe. And then but they his will rally to him and then he leads them. Uh, such a cool picture. Mm-hmm. So so the question is how did they come to know what he sounds like? And they probably learned that from the other their mother, you know, the mother responds to his voice or there's somebody they're influencing them to learn, you know, to listen, who is my shepherd. And and so this is why I love this story in 1 Samuel 3, because Samuel is serving with Eli, and and Eli is the uh, head priest. And so he's got this young lad, Samuel, who's a trainee, who's been devoted to the Lord by his mother Hannah. And he was a miracle baby because she wasn't able to have a child, but finally... She did, and she had committed to the Lord to devote him to God. So he's with Eli, and he's training. He's just a lad, and he hears the hears a voice, and he thinks, you know the story. Yeah. He, he thinks it's Eli calling to him. So he comes in, and it's at nighttime. So he mm-hmm. comes in, and he says, "What you know?" And Eli says, "I didn't say anything. Go back to bed." <laughs> so he does, and it happens again. And same thing, go back to bed, Samuel. And so finally then Eli figures out, wait a minute, maybe he's hearing God. What's ironic is if you read the context there, Eli's not doing a lot of listening himself. (laughs) (laughs) And his his own sons are AWOL. I don't know if he taught them to hear God's voice, but they're doing all kinds of mischievous uh, things. And so... So then he finally prompts Samuel, and he says, Okay, next time you hear that voice, here's what I want you to say. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Mm -hmm. You got that? Yeah, got it. So Mm -hmm. back to bed, he goes, and then he does hear that again. And so he says, Speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. And God gives him a message. And I, you know, sometimes in my S's, Skip, I say it, God often speaks to us in one-liners. Right. 
I'm, I, it's just interesting. You can see that in a lot of Bible stories, yep. um, and that has happened to me and people. When I when I hear people talk about sure. hearing is it's one liners. So true. And I find that fascinating. But in this case, maybe it had a header, a headliner, but but then he um, actually pronounced a a judgment on Eli. Mm. Which puts Samuel in a really awkward spot. Imagine your first assignment is you're calling your your mentor out. <laughs> so so he's stuck. And uh and and so finally Eli quizzes him the next day. He finds out, Oh, you did hear something. Tell me everything and don't leave anything out. Mm. And so Samuel has to go, Well, you are judged. Yeah, uh, I think it's and and your days are numbered. And you know what, Eli knew it. He already knew because mm-hmm. I think God had probably spoken to him. And but he, but the fact that he would say this, set it up this way, and say it through the lad, say it through the one he's training. You know, is probably pretty uh, raw way of getting called out. Right. Yeah. So, but I I love uh, early in that chapter it said that the uh, word of the Lord was rare in Israel in those days. So so it's not only that possibly Eli's not listening well, his sons weren't listening at all, but no one was really hearing the word of the Lord much. And maybe that's on Eli because that was his job to make yeah. that sure that was happening. But But it was just rare. And so here God decides to take this young man, young, he wasn't even a man yet, just a lad, is speak to him, and he would become a he is a, he's in the priest training, but he's going to become the prophet, spokesman, mm-hmm. and a judge for the nation of Israel. And mm. he'd be a big deal. He'll be the guy that anoints Saul, the first king, and David, the second king. And uh, so it's pretty. You know, he had a pretty significant role yeah, no in the kidding. history of Israel. But no but kidding. it all started. With an, this unlikely exchange that Eli just happened to teach him mm. how, how to listen to God, he just said, "Speak, speak, Lord, and just yeah. sit and be attentive." Yeah. And Samuel heard his voice. Yeah. But he was hearing his voice before he was trained mm-hmm. to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where we're at. A lot of us. Yes. Um, we are hearing it. I. I am amazed at the people I talk to, and when I ask them, I said, "Do you think you've ever heard from God?" And sometimes they'll they'll kind of look at me and look around, look over the right shoulder, over the left shoulder, like mm. is anybody else listening in? And then they go, "You know, I think I have," and then they'll tell me, but they're really cautious about yeah. it. But um, but I think God's speaking. Yep. So the question is, how do we know? How do we know? <laughs> yep. Well, how do um, you know? And so. That's where um, part of the book, we, I, I kind of mentioned some of these things in the chapters, but what I added to the end in the appendix, I went to the back and I took these 10S indicators. In every story I tell, which is a Bible story, I, I correlate those out. I show here's how, uh, even in the Bible itself in these stories, these S's show up in the story. And then when I tell a story, I'm all these S's seem to show up. I find that really amazing because I didn't go looking for that. I just These were just things they figured out on the way. They were just kind of like when you go through something enough, you start learning some things. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, 
you know, we could talk about Samuel's story itself. So the first first S is a scriptural. And uh and well, he's kind of building on what God has said already. You know, so when Samuel hears that voice, there's all God has already been talking to Hannah, his mother, and made an arrangement there with Eli. So there's there's stuff going on, but but then we find out no, it's kind of it's rare in those days. And then two smarter than you, and here you go. Well, this is way over the head of the young boy. You know this message. You know one that he would hear it, figure out it was God. Why would God be talking to me? And then secondly, that he's got a prophetic word for his mentor, the the priest. And you just go, that's that. That's not something Samuel's going to come up with, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Smarter than him. Smarter than Eli, even. You see, number three on that list there, it's surprising. It often is like, what? Yeah. And you hear this. And so and so three times God calls Samuel. And again, he doesn't know God yet. The text goes on to say in that chapter, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And so just stop and think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think, and I could flip this back to you, do you think that possibly in your in your story, Skip, that, God was speaking to you before you knew him. I don't know if does that does anything yeah. ring a bell yeah, there? It does. It does. And especially in dealing with uh, young men, you know, as players and when I was coaching why I would get a little kind of a tap on the shoulder and say, you know, you need to encourage this kid a little more. You know, you need to show him some special attention because he's hurting. Yeah. So I always look for people in pain for one thing. Well, but I think what what's really neat about the story here with with uh, Samuel and Eli and the young boys, you know, hearing God's voice can be learned if we know how to listen for it. Mm. That was through Samuel. Hearing God's voice can be ignored even if we know how to listen to it. That was Eli. <laughs> God speaks to and through all kinds of people, surprisingly and spot on, even the young yeah. boy. Yeah. So the word of the Lord to us should not be rare are we listening after inviting him to speak yeah that's good stuff oh gosh you know the other thing is is he samuel was prompted to ask right Uh, so you got to ask right so that's number four specific answer to an ask and so eli wisely said here's what you say samuel he loads his lips yeah (laughs) i go well that sounds that seems kind of mechanical but but actually, for anything that we learn, you know, somebody's probably prompting us saying it, do it this way, you know, and so we just don't, because we don't know. And then we talked about the one-liner, but I think the, the main, the headline on this in verse 11 of, of that chapter is, behold, he says, I am going to do a thing in Israel. And, and he's surprisingly starting with the lad, with the young boy. Mm-hmm. Spot on, customized for Eli, and Eli knew it. As soon as he heard it, he said, "Yeah, I deserve to get the boot because I've not been doing my job well. I'm not been faithful." Number seven, spiritually fruitful. Samuel, here he is, uh, hearing God, and and his eventual uh, roles, as I mentioned, of being a prophet, a priest, a judge. Those are in uh, verse nineteen at chapter three, and then, and then in uh, eight, supported by spiritually gifted people. Well, Eli 
the priest mentor, you know, was the one who helped him get rolling. Salvation minded number nine is it salvation minded the message, and uh, yeah, Samuel's role is going to be to deliver Israel from a lot from themselves from mm-hmm. from their enemies to give leadership in that, and then that last one serving others uh, does it serve others' best interests is another test that's God's voice and in this case Samuel's calling and this and the judgment on disobedient um, Eli. Those things had to happen. And uh, so Samuel, on the positive, gets called. Eli, in the negative, gets called out because he's not been faithful. And that, that was kind of what was going on in the book of Judges, um, each man doing what was right in his own eyes. So anyway, it's pretty, pretty amazing to think about. Here we go, 10 indicators that we're hearing his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So good. Well, let's see. We got just a few minutes left, John. Let's... Uh... Yeah, we got about four, minutes, four more minutes, four or five minutes. So, yeah, let's move on. You bet. You know, I what what amazed me is I said I all these stories that I that are in the book. I I was so surprised, Skip, when I I was just going to go through. I I was seeing those indicators, and I thought I'm going to just go through the stories mentally that I had already written up and just check them. And I said, how many of these ten check off? And I went through seven chapters mm. and checked off all ten in the Bible stories really? and my own stories wow. through those first seven chapters. And I'm I'm actually finishing up. This is we're gonna this book will be out in January, but uh, we'll have an advanced reader copy ready in December. But we were, but I was just uh, trying to work up the appendix, and so I thought I'm going to detail these out for a Bible study use later. Um, because they are my stories, and I included the Bible stories for a reason. But if a group were to take, you know, go through this book, I'm going to put it. You know how math books always had the answers in the back, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you go, "Why don't I just go back That's there and right. get the it's answers?" But well, you got to you got to do the work. You know, yeah. you got to show your work. But then you, the benefit of the answer in the back is you can go back and go, "Did I get? Did I get that? Did I get the right answer?" And so, you know, math is sometimes you can take more than one path to get to that answer. But, but in this case, you know, I wanted to put some, some of these things back there, detail them out enough so that somebody could sit and think about those things a little bit and then go, I wonder if these are showing up there. And, and the other part of it is it legitimizes the list of 10 of going, yeah, these are things I can use yeah. and be aware of. And it's not that everybody has to memorize the list. But but if you drill in it enough by reading, you know, 19, 20 chapters, then you're going to have a really good sense of it. And I think that's going to eliminate static and some of the smoke, uh, some of the fog that comes with, am I hearing God's voice? So anyway, so we go into some other chapters and each, each of them kind of having these, these stories and specific messages well, it's awfully good stuff, John. There's no question about that. And we'll, we're going to continue this series here. So we'll finish up today. Got a couple minutes to go yet, John. And then we will uh, we'll get, keep going and yes. uh, keep pursuing this. And, and what a wonderful book it's going to be. I could mention, I, I was visiting with uh, my friend Doug Armstrong. He's a yeah. Senate chaplain right. this morning. 
And I was thinking about using this because I lead a Bible study with legislators, and uh, Doug joins in on that. And so we, we collaborate some up there and, and uh, during this session, during January through March. So I was telling him about this, and he was, you know, we do, we had, our discussion was, is, again, is there anything more important? And you know how some people just live under pressure and legislators are under a lot of pressure. Sure they are. And then if you're a Christian legislator, you have any inkling to follow God to hear his voice, you know, you've got, you've got guns pointed at you from nine directions and voices coming at you. Uh, they're full of static. And so sometimes when the, when the public servants come in for the Bible study, you know, we just got to put an oxygen mask on them, you know, in the sense of and provide, you know, some scripture and and to let them breathe, come into a safe place. But Doug was encouraging me to use the book this morning, and I, I it was an option, a strong option in my mind. But I, I thought, I think the thing that settles it for me to say, yeah, I really should, because is there again, is there anything more important? And we all would like our legislators to hear God's voice too, but we Absolutely. hate it when they're all in conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, is most of the time. <laughs> just all the time, yeah. Yeah, well, John, we're out of time today, but uh, thank you so much for coming in again and giving us a, a, a glimpse at the book that's coming up. you got to listen. Uh, we'll be back on the air next week and continue on. So I want to also thank our sponsors. Without them, we couldn't do all this. So appreciate all of you uh, that helped sponsor this program. So we'll see you back here next Saturday at uh, the same time on Game Plan for Life. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.